And so this morning, I want to talk to you about fasting and prayer. <clears throat> Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 12. I would encourage you to become a friend with your Bible again, uh, especially during this season of fasting and prayer. You say, well, I am, Pastor. My phone's with me all the time. And that's good. Praise God. I don't care how you read it. I, I personally like a paper Bible. I do read my phone, though. I do. That's where I do my, my, my reading plans is on my phone. Because uh, if I did it in the paper, I'd get lost. <laughs> I need somebody to keep me in line <laughs> always. But I just felt like this is a verse that I think is going to be with us this whole fasting time and prayer time for the next seven to ten days. And, and it's Romans chapter 12, and I, I've, I memorized verse 1 and 2. And at first I memorized Romans 12, 1 years ago. Memorized it and said, man, that's a great verse. And then, I, then one day I said, well, I wonder what verse 2 says. And I said, ooh, that's good. And so I memorized 1 and 2. And then not too long ago I was like, I wonder what verse 3 says. And it was like, ooh. Now I get together, I got to add verse 3 to the whole thing. So I want to share this with you this morning. Just kind of a verse I think is going to be with us the whole time we, we take this fasting and prayer uh, together. It says this, verse 1, and so dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul speaking. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living, say living, and a holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. How many of you would agree that's a good verse? Paul's saying, I beg you to be a living sacrifice, to give your bodies to God. How many of you just love to sacrifice? One, two, three. Really? Y'all really like to sacrifice? I'll talk to you after service. I got some things I need you to sacrifice for. <laughs> I don't like to sacrifice nothing. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't like to lose weight because I don't like to sacrifice food. Come on, I'm in South Louisiana. There's a special grace for me. People cook good. He says, I beg you to, 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 to give your bodies to God. Wow. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind... He will find acceptable, not the kind, watch this now, not the kind that I find acceptable. I don't determine what God finds acceptable. Come on. He determines it. The kind of sacrifice that he finds acceptable, then watch this. And it says, this is truly the way to worship him. You mean we don't have to have music? Mm -mm. There's many ways to worship God. One of the greatest, and I think it's really missing today, is to live a sacrificial life. To die to ourselves and to give up the things of this world just to be closer to God and just to walk with him deeper. Come on. Then verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but... Let God transform you into a new person. How's he going to do it? By changing the way you think. Wow. Then once he changes the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. How many of you have ever asked the question, I wonder what God wants me to do? I wonder what's God's will for my life. Well, if you've never lived a sacrificial life and given your body to God and became a true worshiper to God and then pushed away the customs and things of this world 
to let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you're not going to discover it. That's what that verse says. Come on, we don't get rid of the things of the world to become more holy and righteous and to to find favor with God. We get rid of those things so that we can walk closer with God. Amen? I'm not trying to get to God to love me more. I don't quit doing those things to make him love me more. I do those things because he's already loved me so good. Amen? And I want to walk with him. I don't want to walk that way anymore. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. By the way, it is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Now watch verse 3, the newest edition. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given given me, Paul's saying this, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Boom, get you some of that. How many of you ever wanted to say that to somebody? Don't think you all that in a bag of chips. Don't think, I'm going to give you this warning, don't think you are better than you really are. Wow. Be honest. (laughs) I've been in denial that I'm overweight for a long time. My wife is honest. I'm a liar. I think I look better than I do. (laughs) Pray for me. For seven days. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, which means we should be evaluating ourselves, right? So if Paul says, don't think you're better than you really are, be honest in your evaluation of yourself, that means there needs to be some self-examination going on. Come on. Not for the purpose of beating you down, but for the simple purpose of becoming humble. Humble's not beat down and chained down. And, oh, I'm just going to be humble. That's not humble. That's foolishness. Humility is not thinking less of myself. It's thinking of myself less. It's putting God's will before my will. It's putting his plans before my plans. It's putting other people before myself. If you rewind the tape, that could be verse one, that we live a sacrificial life. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Wow. You see, I can surround myself with people that are less than me and to make myself feel better about me. There's bigger people than me in the world. I can go find them and hang out with them. and I'll be the skinniest one in the crowd and feel real good about myself. I don't measure myself by other people. That's where we get in trouble. That's the deception of Facebook and and social media is that we measure ourselves by what everybody else is doing. So if I go do something great, I need to hurry up and post it so I can keep up with everybody else. So I just just really feel like that's a verse for us. And and honestly, when when I read it, as I was preparing this message, I was just like, man, that's a fasting verse. That's a, that's a prayer time verse. That's, that's powerful. Romans 12, one to three. So what is fasting? Let me give you the technical side real quick. Technically speaking, fasting is, is denying. It's, it, fasting is defined as a break from eating or drinking for a de- designated period of time. 
If you look it up in the dictionary, fasting is to take a break from eating or drinking for a certain period of time. If you've ever had to go get any kind of uh, scans or tests or things like that, you had to do what, a 12-hour fast usually, right? And, and nobody likes that. I can't drink nothing. So 12, 11.30, I'm at night, I'm, I'm mangeing, I'm eating, drinking. <laughs> I'm going to get it in. <laughs> you can't be missing no calories. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> But it's to hold back from eating or drinking for a designated period of time. It has always had something to do with food and drink. Anytime you read the scriptures, there was always a fasting from food and drink. Okay? So technically speaking, to fast is to push away food and drink in whatever combination you feel led to for a certain period of time with a purpose. Because if you fast without praying, you're just making yourself hangry. Come on, somebody. Ain't nobody going to like you for seven days. You'll be the loneliest person on the planet. Right? So we're fasting. I'm pushing away some food and some drink for a designated period of time because I want my body to go into shock. Come on. My body needs a wake-up call. It's been well taken care of. Well fed, right? It's time to give it a little shock. Wake up my senses again so that I can hear and sense and feel God again. Make sense? So I want to push away some food. There's three, basically three fasts that we talk about here at Our Savior's Church. There's many others if you want to go research them. I wanted to give you these just to keep it simple because some of you, this is your first time fasting and and praying. And I want to just make it simple. Uh, One of the first fast we talk about a lot is the Daniel fast. Um, You can research Daniel and how he fasted for 21 days. It's basically fruits and vegetables only with nuts maybe and no meat, no processed food. Usually water, tea with no sugar. Sugar comes from the ground, yeah, but it's processed. (laughs) You might find me in the cane field. (laughs) I'm going to process it. But it's a Daniel fast, and it it can be for any period of time, fruits, vegetables only, no meat, no processed foods. Be careful what you drink. Then there's a partial fast, which which may be a certain meal each day. Some people say, you know what, Pastor, physically I don't think I can can go 21 days on fruits and vegetables or seven days on fruit. Uh, Pastor, I can't even eat vegetables. (laughs) Then there's a partial fast. Maybe you just need to fast a meal a day. And don't fast the one that you're not already eating. I'm fasting breakfast. You ain't ate breakfast in 20 years. Come on, somebody. <laughs> a partial fast. There was actually a Jewish fast that where they would fast from sun up to sundown. So if you wanted to eat breakfast, you had to get up before the sun came up. Some of you just went, that one's out. <laughs> but they would, they would eat before the sun would come up and then fast as long as the sun was up. And then when the sun went down, they would eat again. Partial fast. It was a Jewish fast. And then there's, there's this really radical one called a water fast. And I, I almost didn't want to mention this because I know some of you are, are a bit extremist and you might say, I'm going to do the water fast and you're going to end up in the hospital. And I don't want to be to blame for that. But it's a water only fast. You don't eat anything. You just drink water, maybe black coffee or unsweetened tea. I did that one one time. I almost fell off a ladder because I was dehydrating severely. Uh, that one you really have to prepare for. If you're not prepared for that one and you want to start it tomorrow, don't do it. Can I just be honest with you? And by the way, check with your doctor before you do any of these fasts. 
say, hey, don't ask his permission. <laughs> hey, doc, I'm doing a fast. This is the one I'm thinking about doing. Tell me, what do you think? Right? And, and I would check with my doctor first. So, so that's the technical side. So what is fasting? Fasting to me is an invitation from God to come closer to him. It's an invitation from God to come closer to him. And all I'm doing by fasting and praying is I'm receiving God's invitation. It's like he's saying, hey, I want you to come sit over here on my end of the table. And I'm saying by fasting and praying, I'm going to leave my food over here and I'm going to come and get closer to you, Lord. And I'm going to pray. We're going to talk, right? It's an invitation to come closer to God. Why do we do this at the beginning of the year? Because all of us need to take a moment to draw closer to God, to start the year off close to God. Amen? Fasting does not give us the right to demand anything from God. I did a fast one time, and, and I was when I was in business, and we needed some breakthrough in business, and I was like, Lord, I'm fasting for 21 days. I'm going to do this Daniel fast for fruits and vegetables, Lord. We need some money. And that was my fast. That was the ones I didn't get quite right. And, and God didn't answer my prayers. Fasting does not give me the right to put God in a headlock. And say, you better answer this as long as I'm sacrificing food. That's not what fasting is. You can ask for whatever you want, but we don't ever get in a position where we demand things from God. That would be like your kids trying to demand something from you. You know what you would do. It's an invitation to get closer to him while letting go of some things to do so. Here's the goal of fasting. Simple as this. The simple reason why we fast is because we want to get close to God. I want to get as close as I can to God. I want to wake up my senses. I want to clear my ears, clear my eyes, clear my mind. I want to put my body in shock a little bit so that it's, it's beginning to cry out to God. Come on, somebody. I, 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 that's my goal. Why do we fast? To get closer to God. Simple as that. There's no other reason I want to get closer to God. I realize that God is not moved by my demands. God is more moved by my motivation. I realized over the years that my intentions going into a prayer and fasting time really determine how successful it's going to be. What's my intentions? That's why I'm trying to clear this up this morning. I want to make it very simple for us. What's your intentions going into this? Is it to simply get closer to God? I think he's going to move on that. In fact, there's a verse that says, if you'll draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. Whew, need to hang on to that one, right? If I'll come close to you, in other words, if I'll make decisions to get closer to you, I'm going to have to let go of some stuff to get closer to you. If I make that decision to get closer to him, his word says that he's going to get closer to me. That's all I want. I'm not trying to get a Cadillac, a new Ford. I'm not, I'm not trying to get anything, right? I just want to get closer. It's my motivation is to get closer. Fasting was, can be found all throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, fasting was commonly used as a way to humble yourself. David fasted. Uh, David was an incredible man, but there was moments he had failures 
and, and he fasted. In fact, Psalms 35, 13 says this, yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. Fasting was a way to humble yourself. There was a time period where David, you remember where David messed up with Bathsheba, right? And she became pregnant and then she gave birth. Then the baby's dying. Remember that story? David started fasting and praying. He was, he was humbling himself, begging God for mercy probably. Lord, please spare this child. He fasted. He prayed. God didn't answer his prayers. Did he get mad about it? Nope. He got up. He went and got him something to eat, and he kept on going, right? We don't fast to make God do something. We fast to clear our senses to get closer to God. That's the goal. In the New Testament, we see that, that there was fasting, and it was commonly used to simply draw closer to God. If fasting was used as, an, as an, a tool to get closer to God. Jesus fasted. If you re- remember the story in Matthew chapter 4, It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. It's funny, but it's almost like Jesus fasted for strength. It's almost like he was saying, showing us that that physical weakness equals spiritual strength. I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of that, but I'm just telling you. It seemed like Jesus was saying, I'm going to fast for 40 days. I'm going to give up food. I will be weak by day two. (laughs) To become more spiritually strong. Because when you get closer to Jesus, you become more confident. You become more bold. You become more courageous. You, 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 You become a lot of things when you draw closer to God. You can't be close to God and not come out unchanged. Come on. Some of you, the only thing you're missing right now is a moment close to God. I'm telling you, there's been times in my own spiritual journey where just a moment with God, sometimes just a simple quiet time where I just, I was at the end of my rope. I was done. I just cried out. I was finally just done with myself. And I said, Lord, I need you. And he show up like only God can show up. And I walked in beat down and broken. And I walked out victorious and strong, ready to take on the world. Right? That's why we fast. I want to get close to God. Now, where it got a little sloppy over the years is people say, oh, I'm doing a, I'm doing a social media fast. I'm doing a, a TV fast. And And all those things are great, man. We probably should give up those things. But technically speaking, a fast is to get away from food. It has something to do with your physical body. Do you need to watch less TV over the next seven days? Yes. Turn it off. Maybe you need to cut back your social media. Yes. You may need to exit from a couple of relationships for seven days. It'll do your body good. Come on, somebody. Everybody got that kind of a friend. Like, bro, I'm fasting you this week. (laughs) Don't tell them that. Is that that pretty clear? Does that kind of clear things up? Is it simple? Don't make it complicated. Don't make it anything more than what it's supposed to be. Just decide in your heart, I'm going to push some things back, and I'm going to take time. I'm not just going to push things back because I've done that in the past too, where I just pushed away food and I just kept on living, thinking that just pushing away food was going to be my spiritual journey. And it wasn't. It just made me hangry. And it wasn't fun. 
right? It doesn't pay to push away food and not get close to God. That's a diet. Everybody's doing that today. (laughs) We're funny people, ain't we? So how should I pray while I'm fasting? So fasting without praying is just a diet. So how should I pray when I fast? What should I be praying? How should I pray? What should my prayers be like? So watch this. I want to give you a little bit of a warning before we get into it. Because when you start to push away some things with the intentions to draw closer to God, your senses, your emotions, your mind, your spirit is going to begin to awaken. I'm just warning you. Because I want you to be prepared. Because if you go into this thing like I'm, I'm planning you will, if you go into this thing with the right intentions that I'm going to take the next seven days, I'm going to push away some groceries or some drinks, and I'm going to push them away, and I'm going to spend designated time with God, then, then you need to be ready because some things are going to come alive again. You're going to start to feel like you hadn't felt in a while. You're going to start to sense like you hadn't sensed in a while. You're going to think like you hadn't thought in a while. You're going to hear like you hadn't heard in a while. You're looking at me like mule at the gate. Seriously. When I fast with the right intentions, I become alive again inside. It's unfortunate, but sometimes we just become dormant. Right? Sometimes we get so busy. I, you know what my greatest deception is? I get so busy doing ministry that I forget that I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to be in a relationship with God. It's like, golly, I get busy helping. I save people's marriage, do this, do that. And before you know it, I'm bankrupt. I'm going, what the heck, God, I've been doing all this stuff for you. He said, yeah, you've been working your tail off, but you ain't been spending no time with me. Isn't it true? So when we start to fast with the right intentions, stuff starts to wake up inside of us. You need to expect that to happen. Come on. Something needs to wake up inside of me. My quiet times are going to be better. My, my worship times are going to be better. My prayer times are going to be better. My hearing's going to be better. Be prepared to speak to God, but also be prepared to listen for God. I would encourage you to write a plan this afternoon. Go home and write a plan. Make a plan for your fast, for your seven days. Make a plan. doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be too much, just make a simple plan. I'm going to fast. Like, like for me, I'm thinking I'm probably going to do the, the Jewish fast. I'm going to fast from sunup to sundown. So that's my plan. I'm going to fast from sunup to sundown. But then I'm gonna, I gotta, if I don't plan my quiet times with God, I'm just going to go on a diet. I got to plan my strategic times with God. In other words, I got to cut some time out. I'm going to have to say no to some things. I'm going to have to make my family aware. Hey, at this time, this time, and this time, daddy going to be praying, leave him alone. Right? Make a plan. Don't get mad if you didn't make a plan to tell your family about it, and they come busting in the room and mess up your quiet time. Well, you didn't tell them what you were doing. Make sense? Make a plan. I would encourage you to have a journal, some kind of notebook or something that you can write some things down because I believe during these times God speaks to us. Listen, I'm believing him to, I'm believing to get some new vision from him. That's not why I'm fasting. I know that when you spend time with God, he always leaves you with something. He always gives you a gift to go on with. I'm like, Lord, what does this year look like for me personally? You're somewhere down the road. (laughs) 
Because in the past, I've put the church before myself. Come on. And got unhealthy. Lord, what's, 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 what's your vision? Help me with my own vision. Help me with the vision for this year, Lord. What does this year look like for me? You need to write those things down. Maybe there's questions. Maybe there's, I mean, honestly, if you could, if you could naturally say, if you could schedule an appointment with God, like a doctor, okay, what would you do when you got there? Like it's your appointments at two o'clock this afternoon. Are you ready? <laughs> you gonna walk in and just? That's okay, but it would be good to come prepared, right? Good, good to come prepared, remembering what He's done for you. Because it'd be awfully nice for Him to walk in, or you to walk in and say, "Hey, Lord, man, thank you for this year." Oh, man, that, you healed my hand the other day, Lord, and it's the, the pains. The doctor said I was going to have to have surgery, and it's gone. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready? See, that's making a plan. It's just preparing yourself to spend time with God. I don't want you to get, I don't want you to get overly surprised. Is that all right? I want you to be somewhat prepared. Don't over-prepare. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple. But be ready. I'd be really careful what I'm listening to and watching during this time. For the next seven days, you need to quit some stuff. Come on. Turn Fox News off. It ain't a good time to watch it anyway. Right? You don't need that confusion. You don't need all that drama in your life. This is about, and you've got to remember this, the fasting is about you and God. It's about you and God. I've heard people say in the past, I'm fasting for my wife to get straight. Oh, yeah, bro? How's that going for you? Because every time I went to the kitchen crying to God when me and my wife was fighting and told him to straighten her out, I'm the one that got straightened out. So how's that working for you? Right? Fasting and prayer time is a time for you and God. Don't make it anything else. It's a time for me and a time for God. Because what your family needs is the best you. Right? Your husband or your wife needs the best you. Your kids need the best you. Your friends need the best you. How do you get the best you? By spending quality time with God. Amen? I would, I would have some questions for God. I would have some time, some things you want to pray for, but I would leave it open because God's going to speak too. God's going to put some things on your heart. That maybe you didn't think were there. David said it well in Psalms 139. And I think this is a good attitude and a good way to go into a prayer and fasting time. He said this in verse 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything, say anything, in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's amazing that David was called a man after God's own heart, and that's how he prayed. Wow. Search me. Know me. Test me. If there's anything I'm doing that's offending you, God, lead me along the path of of everlasting life. You see it? You see it? Yes? Shake your heads or something. Yes? 
I see it. So we're going to fast. We're going to push some things away with the intentions of getting closer and drawing closer to God and spending better time with God. And then we're going to pray. We're not just going to take a, not just going to do a diet. We're going to fast and pray, right? Which means just simple prayer time. Don't make it complicated. Talk to God like you'd be talking to Aunt Nock to it, whatever. Just talk, just talk. Don't, don't try to get it King James-ish. Just talk. Is that okay? Tell him how you feel, how it feels. Be real with God. He knows the real you, right? So take your time and pray. Write some things down. Ask God to search you, know you, to show you. I heard some guys say one time that, man, when they fast, you'd be surprised at what comes out of you when you fast. Attitudes and irritations and frustrations, just things that you're, and it's funny because you you start to, sacrifice the body and then things start to come out of you. You need to pay attention to yourself when you fast and pray. Amen. And if you can't pay attention to yourself, ask your spouse, they will gladly pay attention to you and give you a detailed list of everything that's irritating you. Last one. Should I worship too? I believe that prayer, fasting, worship, and the word is the healthiest combination to anyone's life. Prayer, fasting, worship, and the word is the healthiest combination we can have. Should I worship too? And the answer is absolutely. You need to worship. In fact, for some of you, you this prayer and fasting time may be the moment where you learn how to truly worship God. You may discover the power of worship. Do you know worship is powerful? It'll change your environment. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your life. Worship is incredible. You can't lift up the name of Jesus and not change. Come on. We should worship. Absolutely we should worship. David was known as a man of worship and praise. When he finally got the ark to Jerusalem, how did he come into town? He embarrassed his wife. He was so indignant before God. Embarrassed his wife. Well, we shouldn't do that. I embarrass my kids all the time. Dance around the house, catch up the Holy Ghost in the house. Booyah. Y'all better get out the way. I'm going to grab you and start dancing. Because what I got you might get and you need it. Right? When David, even before David had a title or a position, David was in the fields during his work time worshiping God. A man after my own heart is what God says about him. Wow. But I want to let you in on something. You don't always have to have worship. I mean, you don't always have to have music to worship. Because some of you might have just started thinking, well, I'm going to download Hillsong's latest album. I'm going I'm to get my worship on. And you're already complicating the whole thing by trying to figure out your music selection. Listen to me. Worship can happen without music. I showed you that in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2 and 3. What is the true way to worship God? By living a sacrificial and holy life. Wow. You know, sometimes the greatest song you can sing is the song that's in your heart. I'll make up songs all the time. I'll steal a Hillsong melody and put Jamie's words to them. Come on, greatest hits. 
They don't even rhyme. They don't even make sense. I'm just singing what's in my heart. Come on, you know what God wants? God wants what's in your heart. He don't want you to repeat what somebody else is saying. He wants you to sing what's in your heart. That was the cool thing about David. When he marched in with the ark, he had a song in his heart. Sing it. Say it. Tell God what's on your heart. Amen? And if you got music, great. If you don't, great. Don't get overwhelmed with the music part. I had this thought last night. It's the last thing I'm going to say. Maybe. Worship is the consequence of time well spent with God. Worship is the consequence of time well spent with God. You know how I know when I've had a good time with God? Is when I leave it singing. When I leave it worshiping. 